0: Your unders
1: down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Posted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this, uh, un- uh very anticipated. Not paying dividends, not too excited about an episode of The Art of War Down on the Podcast. It is episode 116. I am joined by the incorporeal, the wonderful Matt Robertson from the UK. Hello, mate. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for coming on, man. It's been my great pleasure to welcome you on the show. 2019 uh, Team England, WTC member. Therefore, you do have one of those spicy WTC wins under your belt. Do you have a couple of other podiums as well? Yeah, there's a few over the years. It's just stashed away in a box somewhere. I do love that you are a man after my own heart, does not toot his own horn that much. People might not believe that about me, though. They might think that's a that's a lie. But i uh, very humble, uh, and you are an Art of War coach as well. Tell us a little bit about what you do with Art of War, and feel free to plug any portions or any specific parts of Art of War that you're associated with.
0: Yeah, so I'm on a lot of the live clinics, uh, a lot of nids, sisters, random the bits at the moment. Uh one-to-one coaching doing that with a few people plenty of space there so yeah just the general art of war bits and pieces and finally giving in to you get me one of these podcasts i know I time that works.
1: every time we get a new uh we get a new uh coach and art of war i try i like within a week or within a month a couple of weeks i'm just like when do you want to be on the show because i always like to give you a chance to you know show you where show people you know what you're talking about hopefully build a little bit more clientele for yourself i know anthony um vanilla when he got it he came on for a whole month almost directly following becoming a coach and it definitely popped off for him so you're only doing yourself a disservice by dodging me brother i don't know i don't know what's going on no joking yeah, um but you get if you're living down under the time zones <laughs> are all that. it is really awkward uh so just letting people know i am really under the weather um i've just finished streaming socal wonderfully orc golf orc one socal my man i don't know if you've you've just woken up in the morning i don't know if you've heard but uh I see that. <laughs> Goff orcs won a freaking super major in our year of 2022. Who would have freaking thought? You know, uh, very unpredictable. But I'm a little under whether if a couple of coughs do make it into the end recording. Please, I do apologise if my tone of voice or if I'm a bit a bit off in how I sound. I do apologise for that as well. I have been really crook uh, in the last couple of days, so uh, holding off a bit of a fever at the moment. So we're going to jump straight in. And because of that, if it is a bit of a shorter episode, again, good thing there's not much to talk about, mate. Is there? <laughs>
0: there's loads to not talk about <laughs> what could have been <laughs>
1: uh, so we are here to review uh the balanced data slate that came out by gw literally on thursday this week we are recording this on uh my monday evening i think that's my mon- first thing monday morning in the uk so it has been a couple of days for this to stew and evolve and to be absorbed uh over in part two uh my wonderful patrons and subscribers have loaded up a bunch of really cool questions for rob and sorry i call you robo but i should call you yeah. maddie uh
0: oh Robo, yes day. uh
1: for robbo and myself to answer so please join us over there at the art of war down under 40k or art of war uh sorry art of war 40k.com or the art of war down under over on patreon if you want to get that saucy part too we do have some awesome episodes coming up Funnily enough socal open just happened in orcs won it and the orc Retric codex retrospective is the next one in our timeline so that should be coming in the next week or two for you guys as well as i try and track down someone to do it with but all right my dude data slate dropped first impressions
0: yeah <laughs> there was so much hope and so much potential here and i feel like they fixed their 55% and then didn't quite work out what's going to now be 55% potentially
1: they did this with no foresight they they're yeah. like oh let's we're looking at the problem exactly on our doorstep which is why a lot of people have thought this is just a, a stopgap because they're expecting to do most of the work in chapter approved in a couple of months. Or other people are saying, well, they're not going to bother doing much of the game now because 10th edition's around the corner. We don't know that for sure. 10th edition could be, still be, you know, two years away for all we know. I mean, I think I personally think that's unlikely. But this was the lightest touch freaking possible, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think the bits they did are, okay. Some of the bits they did are, Why? <laughs> a lot of it is the bits they didn't do. It are like uh, that they could have made like three or four of the little changes here a very, very like decent change. As it is, it kind of yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I likened it to uh, you're at a candy store. Do you know when you go to those candy stores? I know you probably got them in the UK. They've got all the different lollies. You can walk in. You got your little, you've got your little shovel and your little bag, and you fill it up as, as well, and you pay for by weight at the end. And it's like, uh... <laughs> it's like you get to the end, yeah? And the two and Harlequin players, the the, the the players with the factions that are above the 55%, or above what GW thinks is reasonable, just get, like, a couple of little lollies taken out of their bag before they leave, and a, t- a little slap on the wrist and said, you took too much, you know, on your way. They still have more than everybody else, but a little bit taken away off the top, and everyone should be fine. We should all just accept that this is fine. That's enough. And then... Poor space marines and AdMech rock up, and their bag is literally empty. And then G Dub puts two little lollies, two little Smarties or M and M's in each bag, and says, "There you go. That's all you. That's all you need to have a, a good life." Out you go, son. Off to school. Uh, that is literally the analogy I have. It's like remember when? Remember in Willy Wonka, the first one, the good one, when. The, the Candyman's in there with the Candyman song happens and he's got all these kids and these kids are just chomping down, all the rich kids are just chomping down on on lollies and then Charlie Bucket comes in and has to pay for his chocolate bar. Space Marine players, admin players,
0: you are the Charlie Buckets of our world. Congratulations. <laughs> what amazed me with that was the video they put out with it as well. It's just like, okay, so the problem with Marines is a lot of first players armies. That's why it's a low win rate. I get that to an extent. There are A lot of players who go to events just to go to an event every now and again, will turn up with their Marines, just have a bit of a laugh with some mates. But then there's a lot of players who play Marines a lot and do. They put effort in. They played it for years. And they're still not quite up there either. So I do get they will be dragged down a bit, but not quite to the extent where they're at right now. Their book does need some love
1: absolutely and it's it is so weird to talk about space marines as one thing that the all the space marines has this win right because it's not true blood angels perf- are performing really well blood angels well they're 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 performing in the acceptable range by g you know acumen by g statistics whereas every other space marine faction is well and truly the ass has fallen out it's gone the ass is like destroyed it's on the road two streets back around the corner. It's dead. Uh, but you know, Blood Angels is still somewhat keeping uh, some hope alive. But mind you, we could almost call Blood Angels Codex Sanguinary Guard because that's the only thing they've been able to play for like two years. So there, there is that to it also. But let's jump into the first of these dot points. And it is the Marines' dot point. I'm just doing this in alphabetical order as it appears in the data slate. So the first notable change here, and I'll read this out verbatim for you guys. So Space Marines, change the Shock Tactics Secondary Mission Objective in Warzone Nephilim Grand Tournament Mission Pack to read. At the end of your turn, score four victory points if you control one or more objective markers that were controlled by your opponent at the start of that turn. An unit from your army is the, and, and an objective status unit from your army is within the range of that objective marker. So this is a net change of one victory point per turn over the last one, should you have taken this in the first place. Give me Yay. your thoughts.
0: What does this is this any decent change at all, mate? So in itself, cool. This is a this is a change. It's a positive change. Where's the rest of them? <laughs> so it's it's nice because if you ever went first, your opponent you probably weren't taking one off your opponent. Um then you're like, okay, I can score twelve. This lets you score twelve a lot easier, lets you score a fifteen. Okay, probably what it should have been, just a nice little tweak, doesn't do anything negative, but that does not fix the Marine problem. No. The Marines need a lot more. What,
1: what could they, they and what should they have gotten that would have been something of relevance, do you think? Oh, probably a
0: new codex at this point. <laughs> bang, <So> bang, I, <laughs> straight to it. It says a lot when the Marines have armor of contempt, they have all the other buffs and little tweaks they've been given, they can't give them huge point drops. They can give them some point drops, but if they go too far on points, all of a sudden you've got 200 Marines on the board, 300 Marines on the board, you're like, oh, where did these come from? Well,
1: I I do think they could give them huge point drops and remove armor of contempt. If they were to do that, I think it would be somewhat acceptable, but that's that's exactly right. You can't have 200 Marines on the board and have armor of contempt. Like, it would just be so oppressive for so
0: many armies. Well, it's one of those where being one of the first books of an edition, you always kind of get left behind a bit because all the books they're writing now, they've got a different design philosophy than three years ago when they wrote that Marine book. It's true. You see very clear. If you look at the Chaos book as a straight-up comparison, the Chaos and the Marine book, you should be able to look at side by side and go, these are very similar. Yet Chaos have a chapter with a page of strats, a page of relics, and a couple of secondaries. That's cool. Marines, you have the chapter and the Marine Strats and the Supplement strat, and you've got lots of layers of buffs as well. Whereas, like the Chaos, just get their thing. Cool, mm-hmm. you're playing Emperor's Children, you get Emperor's Children stuff. Marines, you're playing Iron Hands, you get four different buffs from that. Yeah, yeah. Really difficult at the moment for them to change one of these little things without, have, say, they change Marine Devastators. Yeah, okay, that doesn't really do much. Oh wait! Iron Hands now get these all these yeah. bonuses on top yeah. of it. White Scars get
1: meh. Yeah, from one the half, same little buff. One half of nothing. Exactly. It's really hard to find a way to buff all of these different moving parts without making one of them OP and having others don't not care at all. The only way that I thought they could do it was was using the blueprint that they've had already. The most successful single buff that they've ever done, the su- most successful single increase in power that they've ever done in this this edition, possibly ever done in the game, is what they did with the Necron book in the previous two data slates. Giving them core and giving them rel- relevant, sec- sorry, um Warzone, Nephilim and the previous data slate. Giving them core, giving them relevant secondaries. They could do that for Marines. All the land speeders, the freaking, uh, the absolute junk piece of craps, uh, uh, Gladiators and, ex- you know, Repulsor Executioners, all that junk, impulses give it all core, let it all buff each other but and get buffs and then give them like super powered secondaries would that be too much
0: no i don't think so because the data slates are okay they're not terrible some of them are but then if you tweak like the gladiator it's not awful it just doesn't work for its point a lot of vehicles they tend to overvalue them being a vehicle and their firepower and you pay a premium for them and therefore never pay those premium because you just don't take them. But if they had secondaries where you're like, okay, cool, Marines are going to get up the board, they're going to score their points, I need to deal with them. They are similar to Necrons, they don't have crazy high damage output. There's a few builds where you can kind of stack into that. This is just talking about Codex, not the Blood Angels, etc. Make a couple of secondaries. But we might see that in the next Nephilim, I think because I didn't really expect this data slate to touch too much on the secondary part of things. Me either. Which is why I think Necrons and sisters survived a little bit. That is very fair. All right, jumping down to our next dot point. This is for Tyranids.
1: Uh, the first has got two dot points, the first of which is change the first bullet point of Leviathan High Fleet Adaptation synaptic control to read. Each time an attack is made against the synapse monster unit with this adaptation, and a modified root roll of one to three always fails, irrespective of any modifiers, et cetera, et cetera. So that is removing it directly from two units, that is Warriors and Zoanthropes. Is that correct? And the Parasite and Death Leaper. And okay. Tony
0: Prime.
1: If, if, it's, if it's Death Leopard, does, that, does that mean the, um, the lictors as well?
0: Uh, no. Okay. I mean, maybe not Death It's just the synapse, the
1: mid-range the synapse Mid-range synapse stuff. stuff. Because they've also been omitted from the second dot point as well. Because I assumed when I first read this first one that that means that they'll get Baby Transhuman. But that's not the case. They get nothing in Leviathan
0: now, yeah? Yeah, so I really like the first part of this change and i dislike the second you've just said there so one of the fixes i've been saying for a while would make you need know, warriors like the leviathan build more tolerable would be to make them threes instead of fours so they're transhuman instead of like the zone throats and stuff yep it was just a little bit too durable when you could throw nine on objective on the middle of the board Go, you know, they've got five up involved a five up feel my pain minus one damage only mood of on fours
1: fearless like it 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 really does add up you like I, I have just finished streaming socal like i said and i streamed two games of leviathan nids on the in the semifinals and the finals making both and i think they came second possibly even second and third out of the the podium and both lists had two by nine uh two nid warriors in it two by nine levy warriors and they just oh like the two units of of levy warriors had entire armies of blood angels put into them and only their characters killed the last warriors. The the warriors survived all the Death Company and all the Sangard. Um, it's kind of insane. But to that point, is this a death knell for the Leviathan builds, or will they survive? Uh, is this is this a huge, impactful nerf to Tyranids overall? I think it's a huge
0: impact to Leviathan, but I don't think Leviathan builds are dead, because there's some armies or some factions, like if we spoke about it, myself and John, on the last Tuna Clinic we did in the War Room, for anyone who's part of that, if not, go check it out. A big turvagon with gaunts, for example, that really, really benefits from having that five up in all game from your imperatives. So you need to be Leviathan to keep that around. You can do some really tasty things still with all the little bugs, gargles, etc. Makes them a lot tougher, but it is a big hit for warriors. I think if they'd kept them, have been weird a three up, then they're like, okay, that changes things because. You've got armies where strength ten isn't really that relevant, so most yeah. of time, the time they freeze anyway. Yep. It's just like you said, blood angels. They go in with strength six, window on twos, because they get plus one. Now you're like, oh, oh no, that's really going to hurt. It's they, a huge.
1: Yeah. One. yeah, they shred them absolutely, shred them now. Um, things like Repentia do a great job. Also, um, well, Repentia would be the same either way if they kept oh, that, their three. That, that is
0: true. That is exactly. Unless right. they have the uh, superior within range. Um, but stuff like Helvryn, damage three, plus one to wound. Oh, actually, actually, yeah. Yeah, Bastard's Helm
1: uh, Helvryn is a monster into him right. now. Warriors. Um, so the second dot point here reads, uh, change the first bullet point on the Reaper Obliterax relic to read, each time an attack is made with this weapon, if that attack successfully wounds the target, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage to a maximum of three mortal wounds. This one, I think, is a almost a nothing change. I think the Reaper Obliterax still ubiquitous, flyrant, going to take it.
0: One of the best things in the book. Doesn't matter. Um, But what is your take, mate? So I really hope everyone plays this as it's intended, not as it's written, whereas not each time an attack is made. Uh, Ah, yes. (laughs) Yes. So if anyone tries that, just Uh, give them a slap on the wrist. Yeah. It's obvious not what it should be there. Uh, I, I like this change. I think it's fine. The Reaper, you probably still take because it's still a really good... Melee profile, you still want a hive tyrant for that threat of jumping out and back. And this just makes it so the mortals are a little bit on top. You can't guarantee going into a big Imperial Knight, for example, going extra attacks and just knowing you're going to do five mortals just to finish it off and run to safety. You can't do that anymore because you're going to do three. If you don't kill it, you're then stuck there. You won't kill 10 guardsmen, it's likely true. anymore. Yep. yep. Or five mortals from the Reaper plus your five attacks and your little claws would probably finish them off. Now you're like, ah, okay, that ten guard squad is a little bit annoying because you don't want to get caught in front of all the guns, etc., unless it's later on in the game, you're not too bothered. So it makes it enough of a change that it's not silly oppressive. But when you still get you ignore caps, you've got your extra mortals on there and no feel no pain and stuff, it's yeah, it's, it's good. Ignoring Feel No Pain is really tasty still. You'd potentially consider more claws instead, but I still think the Reaper, especially on a flyerant is yeah. pretty tasty.
1: See, to me, this is a nothing change because it didn't aggress what I think the problem was, was the fact that you had a flyerant that could overrun uh, so, so often and you just get, instead of it being like a one-two-use weapon in your arsenal, becomes a three-four-five-use weapon in your arsenal. Um, I really wanted changes to how their bodyguard worked. It was was the cl- the cleanest thing I could think of to change the Flyerent without killing Overrun for the rest of the army, was to either make the Overrun not work on monsters, e.g. it doesn't get Overrun at all, which I think is a bit too much, um, or make it one use only for Flyerents or something like that. But I thought the cleaner change was to make uh, Tyrant Guard work like uh, shield drones. As in, you can shoot the Flyerent, you just have to shoot the flyerant through the Tyrant Guard. Which means that it's not an in- this invulnerable piece that you can just keep reusing reloading as long as you can position your tyrant guard well it's invulnerable um which is what i thought was oppressive about it because you can overrun all you want and reposition but it's the fact that it's untargetable is the bit that makes it oppressive and feel bad to people i'm totally fine with the Flyrant killing just about everything it touches with the reaper literax totally acceptable it should do that it's a freaking hive tyrant uh but yeah the, the bit that having like when it's been removed from just about everybody else in the game the bit of it being untargetable i i I want the Tyrant Guard to do something and to be worth taking, but to not make it just turn off its ability to be shot anymore. Because that's, that's, it's been removed from a lot of things in the game, but the fact that the Flyer still has it seems to be the bit that people, um, I've heard people struggle with, as in like in their brains be like, I can shoot it, right? Wait, why can't I shoot it? Why does that work like that? That shouldn't, yeah. But anyway, um, does this is this going to knock Leviathan down the pegs? Is this going to change that 56% win rate that they have on the GW metrics, which going to be quietly with you I on on what i consider vastly superior statistics it's closer to 60 percent if not some weeks
0: more than 60 percent yeah so i i wouldn't change the fire too much here like you were just saying uh there is another change i would have considered which would have been make the synaptic link deniable from the end point of the chain so you don't just have this caster sat at the very back of yep. the board casting the game. my problem would have been if they'd have done say one or both of those as well as this leviathan change it would be dead yeah uh, Again, you don't want to hit a book too hard. Like Nids, they changing the vibe and build is huge. That's a big change. You know? So now that army is playable, and um, I think a lot of people will switch to Kraken potentially. What I find with Kraken, even when games are heavily in your favor, because you're not just going here's a block of models. Duh, can you deal with it? You're moving up. You're shooting. You're charging. You're having those interactions with your opponent. So even when you're dominating the game they're still your models are dying stuff moving around the board you're still playing the game and your opponent's interacting and stuff's happening for them yeah so i think that's a win on that side of things like the player interaction side and i do think kraken does have tough matchups as well especially in the meta at the moment when you've got so much combat or anti-combat running around yeah because they don't really have a lot of the shooting firepower You don't have the efficient from Harpies. You don't get the durability. You do the Leviathan build as well. So I think Kraken is very, very good. It does have downsides. It can lose games. And it is a lot more fragile, which I think then makes Nids... They're probably still about 55%. They are above an average build, but they do struggle with secondaries. Their secondaries aren't great. Their slates are what power through the army. And I think having an army being slightly on top there as soon as you'll get an interaction and with like Votan are going to come out into the meta as well Yep, that can be a real problem for them if you can get angles stuff will just die I'm happy with them making little changes and then having it, removing the oppressive aspects of things hmm. and a few weeks off a month or two down the line go okay the meta settled we've had Guard we've had Votan we've had World Eaters potentially are they still a problem because like with AdMech which we'll touch on later they went arm um, and then the meta evolved and they never kind of just did them back up enough yeah so custodes custodes were great but then they were kind of going to dwindle off because of the armies coming out anyway and they got a massive whack but they probably need some of their changes coming back I'd, yeah I'd like custodes to have all their infantry with obsec again all of a sudden you're like, okay a lot more of that book is viable i totally
1: agree with that call i think that's a great take um i also would like to see them be able to use their stratagems multiple times on infantry i think it's totally fine um that they get to use them once on you know big units of bikes and stuff like that or you know they're not locked to not vehicles having the no re-rolls etc but uh, i would love to see them be able to use them on on infantry again um at, so especially when
0: you've got, you've got half as many cp you ha-
1: exactly you've got half as many cp it's not like we were, it's like it was in the in the, was it knockman's yeah, when you yeah. when you you can start with 8CP and you'll be like, well, there's this is all just going to be you get no re rolls and then if you get no re rolls, you can't kill, you can't win the game. Um, so that stuff is gone. So jumping down to the next one. Oh, sorry. Lastly, on Leviathan, I love what you said at the start, and I, I'm remembering to come back to this. I don't think Leviathan's dead at all. I think the Ungabunga Oopsall Warriors build is dead, and I'm happy to see it go. I'm never going to miss it. I hope no one else will either. But one unit of Warriors makes a lot of sense still for Leviathan because you can keep it permanently five plus involved. Keep it catalyst, and it's still incredibly durable for the points. Um,
0: yeah, I'd be tempted to buy a couple of fives instead of one nine now. Yeah, because yeah. you get cheaper minus one damage, which could be exactly. a-, yep. a lifesaver, and it gives you the imperative. It gives you the imperative for when you need it, and then
1: Gargs and Termigants go with the rest of the points uh, for your for your troop slots. I I, I think Termigants are getting slapped on. I've played against uh, into a unit of thirty um, termagants recently, and it was oppressive. They were so hard to kill. They were more oh. annoying to kill than than the warriors,
0: to be honest. Yeah, so you massively underestimate what you actually need to get into them. Exactly. Like, oh wait, they've got five up feeling a pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh five up in one. So most of my damage does nothing. Like, I think a fully buff flame Squad but works out like that they killed 16. Yeah, it's yeah, it's
1: actually crazy. Um and then gargoyles, you know, doing all the shenanigans as well. I really love gargoyles. So jumping down to the Harlequins change the second bullet point of the blaze of light light characterization to read each time a unit with this characterization makes a normal move or advances in your movement phase in your following shooting phase the unit counts as having remained stationary this does not apply for units embarked in a transport what does this realistically change or how does this change uh, the current light builds and what's the what what was being used in those builds that now can't be well
0: this is another one where gw forget they've faq'd things there is an faq saying if a transport made a normal move advanced fell back or remained stationary which your transport has in this case bat units are considered to have done the same when they make ranged attacks so if technically if same with the reaper you need to read this as intended yes because if you advance a boat the unit from the rare rules faq gets the same remain stationary benefit so it actually changes nothing which is the obvious intent is if you're advancing a boat the troop is not shooting yes So let's go with that. It's all fine. But it just kind of shows that the people making these changes are going, yeah, this is what we want to do. And not fine tooth combing, are we doing this 100%? Not proof checking, not having that full understanding of the 10 different places they've put their rules Mm -hmm. to check them all.
1: It really shows the bloat on this edition. The absolute insane amount of bloat that the rules rise of g just have no idea the stuff that they've written at times. Um, so, yeah, down what is this has this changed for for Harlequin players out there?
0: What has it changed for the light builds, and how they are being used? So, if you've got eight boats, nine boats, with two fusion, two noros, and a grenade, because the fifth guy doesn't have a pistol in my mind, mm-hmm. then you're basically a six-inch slash move, which a lot of people straight away have just gone, why play light? Because if you can't move 22 and fire your pistols anymore, you can Move 16 and fire pistols in twilight. We won't talk about dark, we'll come to that later. <laughs> um, so okay, the light buff now they've already nerfed your uh only, only hit on fours range, they've already messed around with mirror architect, they've done a lot of changes to harlequins. This kind of just makes you go okay, so twilight gets more CP mm-hmm. and you lose the strap, which the strap from light being able to move something is. Very, very, very good in certain matchups, and it makes your opponent really have to factor in and worry about stuff. In some matchups, it's just nice. But a lot of people are saying, go, okay, light is just gone because you can do the same firepower range now. I think there's a lot of boards where you might want to go 22 inches with a boat yep, and just have it shoot in or to get from piece of terrain to piece of terrain. GW terrain style, as we've seen Jack do very well recently, yeah, Twilight's fantastic because you can't be shot. There's just too much terrain there. Like a WTC style, I'd still probably go with Twilight now because you get the extra movement and piling tricks. You get the extra attacks, which are great. But all of a sudden, if you go into, say, UKTC or if you're at potentially some of the boards at LVL where there are bigger yeah. gaps between pieces, the board's not as full of terrain, you don't want loads of big troop units because they'll get caught out moving from piece to piece. If you're going boat heavy, you may as well... There's arguments for both. If you want to be able to move 22 and shoot your boats because you need that extra bit of movement to get from terrain piece to terrain piece, still going to be really viable. If you don't need that extra 6-inch, but that's one way you have to know your terrain maps and spend a bit of time measuring it out, looking into it in detail beforehand, then Twilight gives you the extra attacks. Probably the way to go now. Totally agree, dude, and very well broken down. You you yourself, I think the
1: Last time I saw you prior to WTC was at Adepticon when you were playing all the Voidweavers. Like the the week or two after Harlequins had really hit the meta.
0: I, I was a bad person, okay. You were, you were. <laughs> How'd you do with that event? A second. Yeah, you did pretty good. It's it's fine.
1: Being bad pays at times in in, in Ninth Edition. Uh, I see this as pushing Harlequins almost where I think they were better off going anyway at the moment. Like you said at the start, uh, a lot of the game is in merely grindy, trading shenanigans, and Twilight just have a lot more of those. Um, all the CSM and all the demons hitting the meta, I think Twilight plays into those matchups a lot better than Light does. Um, Light doesn't get killed as much, as in, you know, they have to negotiate the boats, but the units that get out are nowhere near as threatening. So I think it's, it's you know, one half here, half a dozen, the other. I don't actually expect Harlequin's win rate to change that much either. I think they'd to stay around about to where they are now.
0: Yeah, I think they'll just change a little bit. and They're a little more fragile because you don't have the boat's protection, but there's a lot of other tricks you can do there. But I do really wish they'd change Dark as well in this. I wish it's they would, yeah. slap yeah. on the face. Oh, I don't know I, why they killed Dark. I know why, but I don't like how. Well, tell, tell, tell everybody why. They may not know. So Dark, as the book, is you just fight on death. And same with, like, Bile at the moment. It's incredibly powerful, because any combat unit you've got going in there, going in and you get, cool, I can fight you. Oh, shit. I, my, one of my mates locally had, it was actually quite a terrifying uh, list, was just 90 dark troops with three Shadow Sears running around. Yep. So it's all minus one to wound, and it was all fight on death. I and mean, we looked at, like, okay, you put it in front of a tower army, and I think a tower army with, like, 20 burst cannons kills 15 of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then it hits you because it just moves and advances up the board and just covers the board. And sadly, that doesn't work anymore. But what they changed it to is on a four up. Once a model dies, the enemy takes a mortal and a maximum of six, which is like cool. If you're running a squad of five, you maybe do three mortals to something. Maybe.
1: Yeah, versus
0: having twenty-five tap. <laughs> yes, it's. I mean, they, they,
1: they. Didn't even give it a reasonable alternative. They absolutely killed it. They absolutely killed it as, as a viable
0: competitive option. Um, I'd love really out of four up, you fight on death. Yeah, four up, so fight on like death. etc. Like, and I'd love them to change file to that as well. Yeah, only fight. On that. On and then, and, then like if, and like yeah, and then if you
1: if you make it that they can you know fight on death even if they're fought, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that either because it's still only a fifty fifty, but it still might be too much depending on the size yeah. of
0: units and. And I'd have it if it hasn't fought already. There you go. Just uh, like I don't like things fighting twice or three times, unless it's like a one-off niche little thing. To have an entire army fight, be able to fight and fight twice, is probably a little. That's fair. Tasty.
1: I mean, but how often a harlequins, you know, not killing what they're hitting, but it, it, it' fair enough. It does cover for aberrations in rolling. It just eases all the eases all the curves and all the the, the dice rolls. All right, so jumping down to Admech, Admech had. Uh, nothing added and everything removed, which was—it sounded impactful. It sounded so glorious to be like, "We, the benevolent leaders of GW, have redacted all previous nerfs from Admech. Yay, praise us!" Um, in reality, all that means is that they've changed the nerf on enriched rounds for Vanguard from wounding auto wounding on five to hit to now back to what it is in the book, being on force to hit. And I believe Lucius, the Lucius, um, trait that being, um, you get plus one save against rend one now stacks with cover
0: and by extension shroud some. Is that correct? I believe so, yes. I think my problem with Admech is, you go back to their heyday, and you're like, okay, we can take three to six planes if we want to. We cost about three points a model. Great. Now they've had two sets of point changes. They've had the plane nerfs, which, by nerfs, I'm okay with. I mean, totally okay. Yeah, That was causing problems in the game. I may have six in a cupboard somewhere that'll never get used but that's I, fine
1: i also have six i have three of each of the dark angels planes which i will never get to use
0: um it's just like cool this is fine this is nice Yep, yeah, we get to do this cool trick again or this cool trick again i've met need points changes they need to go down in points you need to get a little bit more not on everything i think some of the stuff is okay but they also need better secondaries because they've been tweaked in the new uh book, their secondary
1: suck they might have they have uh, i don't know if they're the worst but they are bottom three they're like the bottom or second worst army in the game and i think most of that is on scoring ability they just can't put up a winning score like i've seen them table people like death guard and, and lose by 30 points on the score it's yeah, it's, a-
0: it's insane so they don't have the board presence in the game at the moment, like just a tough unit that can sit and take a little bit of a punch. You can now stack all like a warrior unit up and be like a range unit and go, yeah, okay, we got this. But it's it's only
1: it's only durable from range attacks. And everything's punchy at the moment. Everyone just comes and punches you in the mouth. Oh cool, oh my my rend one, ren two shooting doesn't hurt you very much. Cool, I'm just gonna hit you with rend three massed attacks in combat. Like nothing terrifies Admek more than a freaking accursed
0: weapon from CSM. Yeah, it's one of those where if they, in like a month or two's time, come out with another chapter approved and go, here's some really good secondaries, here's some point drops. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah, this could definitely have something going there. As it is, they are just suffering. And it's a shame because I really like the Admet book. I think it's one of the best internal balance books I've seen in a long time, apart from maybe the robots and the Dune Crawlers. The rest of it, you could argue for having a place in a list. That, uh, that, thank place. you for, for not
1: saying uh, Dragoons. My beloved Dragoons, my favourite unit in that codex, absolute trash. But yeah, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I could see like, a little unit of two just as a counterpunch. If, 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 the the, if they were cheap enough, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that, this is completely disregarding points. I'm like, I think the actual stats and everything else in the book, there's a good internal balance there. It just doesn't quite sit with the way the game wants to play at the moment. I could see it on really, really open boards, being like, okay, this is quite scary. But because the game, for its betterment, is now played on a reasonable map terrain, and maybe that's why melee is coming a bit too prevalent. Maybe you need to take away a little bit. But I just think it's the state of the books that come out recently comboing with that nicely. Yeah. Well, we'll really know when Votan and
1: Guard hit the table, traditionally, you know, Guard being a very shooty army, if neither of those are able to gain any traction... Um, with uh, From what I can see, both having quite competent, if not powerful, books. If they gain no traction in this meta, that's because they can't use any of their guns. And so we might need to look at that. Uh, but jump it, so jumping into Admech, the only. So I had a fun conversation where I realized uh, Admech's actually okay in teams now. It's okay in teams, not because it's going to win games, but it's actually a pretty spicy spoiler against a few. The first one that came to mind was. A Lucius Veteran Cohort being kind of insane against demons. I uh, can definitely see that. So it's in the auto-wound on fours, enriched rounds from 20 Vanguard, in addition, you can take two up saves against flamers. You decide. Cool. Come, come get me. Which oh, no, demonettes. Demonettes, run away. Yeah, yeah, well, you got, you got to overwatch the minutes, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was quite cute. So people playing AdMec, maybe that's where you reside now. All right,
0: on to our last dot point, just this before one. Before you go off Admec, I do think there is potentially a build in there where you just take 30 Infiltrators and 30 of the the um, other choppy combat unit. Well, I do just yeah, gone blank. Rustalk is an Infiltrator, so yep.
1: yeah.
0: And you you just infiltrate them all up the board. So and you, you just have 60 people. models 9 yeah. inches away at uh, the start of turn 1
1: and, and you like cool like,
0: yeah. am I going first? yes I actually love the idea of that that's actually pretty cute in teams as well though like if you know okay if I go second here there's 60 in my face this could be a real problem then but in singles you just you can't take that chance no, you just going, oh, I've gone second yeah. cool I have yeah, some I enough <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, you won't won't do much. You play against, like, goth orcs and go second, and you're like, ah. (laughs) I tried. 47 of my 60 dead turn one. Uh, All right, jumping down to Necrons. uh, Add the core keywords to the following selections of data sheets, canoptic, anex, rights, blah, 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 all the other stuff, everything, 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 with the exception now of character vehicle data sheets. So this is exactly changing two data
0: sheets, yeah? Um, Yeah, because I don't think the weird big Cryptek model has vehicle. You yeah, know, no, it I, looks like the same size as some of them.
1: Uh, so it is a change in the data sheets for the Silent King and for the Canoptic uh, so Catacomb Command Barge, who now both lose the core keyword. Is this a dramatic change,
0: do you believe? Uh, I think it is to a degree. I, I'm glad the Silent King no longer has it. I think that was just a little bit much, made him a bit too much of a wrecking ball for his points. Losing it on the barge hurts because... He was a very useful piece through a lot of the Necron secondaries, but I'm okay with that. It's not like a, oh, no, that model wasn't crazy overpowered. He was a really nice buff piece. You may still take him in those lists. You may not. The main problem I have with Necron's is their secondary play. And it surprised me slightly to see the Marine one in there with that weird little change and not Kron's or sisters because the Necron secondaries just need to tweak down a little bit make them slightly slower in scoring. or maybe got like a point on machineries. Yep. Yep. Point on, maybe not get uh, as much on Purge the Vermin as easily.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think all they, all they needed was the secondary change. They didn't need this change. I'm not happy with this change. I think it's fine. Um, I think this is a, This is a nothing change, to be honest. I don't think this change is absolutely one half of nothing. If anything, maybe it just means we don't see the Silent King in every single Necron list, which is what we see at the moment. He's still
0: probably going to make most, but just not all. Uh, It's still a huge buff piece. Um, The Necrons have a similar problem to Marines in that they are an old book in this edition. They've had tons of little tweaks and changes, but they don't have a lot of damage. They have a lot of models and a lot of staying power. In some aspects, and the object everywhere is nice into some matchups, but in the meta at the moment, they really struggle into knights. Emperor's Children is a really interesting matchup. I think GSC have a good game into them, which is weird. But there's a lot of things that can play this Necron army. It's just if it scores all of its points by turn three, some armies just can't handle that. So I think just slow it down a little bit, make it turn four, or st- can into turn five when it's getting its points, and then the factions can play against it, not just the top ones, without being too big a hit and changing the slates around too much. Yep, yeah, totally
1: agree with all of those statements. And um so this is this is the issue with um, GW's metrics, what they're using it from. It's perfectly highlighted by the Necrons. On their data, uh, Necrons are a fair and reasonable army. They're, they're, they're like a 50, somewhere around the fifty percent win rate. So they they're exactly where GW wants them, according to their metrics. Which is fundamentally incorrect.
0: Um. I think they have a marine new player problem as well. Like not to kinda of disrespect anyone out there to play Necrons, but I think Necrons can do really well, but everybody, because the box this edition has a Necron army. So it's not uncommon to a lot of events I go to or see from around the world where players have necrons that maybe it's their first event, maybe they don't go to many events, a bit more casual player. So they're not getting that same win rate, which the book is capable of just by virtue of not being that kind of player. And then that averages out and takes them away from the guys who are doing really well at the top with it. I have, I have, there are many
1: amazing players in Australia and around the world who I've never seen, uh, get a hundred points scored on them. Never, nowhere near. I've never seen people get 20. Some of these guys I've never seen get 20 on the, the WTC metric system. In their lives until this Necron book, well, sorry, until these Necron secondaries, because that's exactly what it is. It's not the Necron book. It's not the Necron points. It's just the Necron secondaries, and they're putting up hundreds on the best players in the world. And the best players in the world are like, well, my army only has secondaries and a, a play line, a line of play that gets me ninety-three points, and so you lose. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sean Naden, you know, case in point. Sean Naden, possibly one of the a, a goat contender for one of the best players of all time. Uh, got a hundred points scored on him. Um, by a very good, a very good player, Marshall Peterson at SoCal. Uh, Sean got forty points to a hundred. You know, absolutely ridiculous to see Sean get 20'd, ever
0: by anything in the history of his life, <laughs> and uh, absolutely nuts. Yeah, they just pin you and go, "Cool, we're gonna, you're going to take four turns to kill us, and we've scored our points." So, oh no, we've got tabled. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly right. It just All needs right. a little tweak. I think- the, the, the Codex is okay. Yeah, the Codex is well the
1: Codex is the Codex is a pile of junk. And it took them giving them the best secondaries in the history of secondaries to make them a relevant army. And they have they've done a really good job making it relevant. And hopefully a lot of players and newer players out there are finding Necrons a rewarding experience. So why can't they do for Marines? <laughs> Which is their flagship, you know, this is their
0: flagship freaking faction. Same but as a Marine player, of course. If they get Marines say similar to Necrons, if you get whereas Necrons get one of their abilities all game you can pick one of your Doctrines, uh, doctrines to be active all game. That, that would that would be a thing. That's actually what I said.
1: The fir- One of the first things I wanted them to do was to undo the nurse they did to Doctrines last edition, which was the Doctrines last edition was you started in Dev Doctrine and then you could choose to progress and just stay in the one you wanted to be in. Um, what that meant is that any army that had a Dev Doctrine that was good in Dev Doctrine was just better. Iron Hands was the best because they were just good in Dev Doctrine. But Turn 2, you know, White, White Skies are getting their Super Doctrine in Turn 2. Um, stuff like that would have been a great idea. You know, Raven Guard staying in Tactical Doctrine all game when they're plus one to hit and plus one to wound against characters. Great idea. Stuff like that. Space Wolves being in Assault Doctrine all game. Great idea. Like, these are, these are things, impactful changes that would add flavor and nuance back into Space Marines. Um, but yeah, my issue with that is um, if you enabled one to, to be in one all game, it would just help Blood Angels more. I think, yeah, it would just oh, give yeah, more yeah. to the give more to the best. Not change that all that much for like Imperial Fist, right? Yeah, Fist, like,
0: yeah, you brought a bit, uh, fortification. Ooh. Yeah,
1: I <laughs> uh, love that so Got much. This. So, my man, this that is the end of all the changes in the data slate, and we we padded that out. We padded that out, chat out pretty hard to forty five minutes. And on that note, we will wrap this one up. We're going to leave our discussion for what could have been. From this data slate, safe to say, I'm giving it a big fat F for a fail out of ten. I'd give it one. <laughs> Robert, how would you how would you grade this as a as a document for the the great game of 40k?
0: I'd give it like maybe a three. I don't think it's a complete failure. I think it has failed some factions, but then it has made little changes that probably did need to be made for some of the top ones. And I think bringing the top ones help the mid, therefore helps the bottom to an extent. Because they have a little bit better game into them now, but yeah, there's a lot more they could have done here. And overall, yeah, okay, they they tried. We got something might have been a month late, and this, but we're getting something which is better than nothing. That's true. So Although you gotta take positives from things.
1: I do love JDA being involved. I do love the the fact that they're they're doing. And up until this point. They've been killing it. They've been doing a really good job. So this that's why I'm so hard on this one because I know they can do better. They've shown me they can do better. They've shown me to expect more. And so I will continue to expect more uh, until I get over it, until like, they show me I'm, I'm a fool for it. So... Please come over and join us on part two. We're going to talk about what could have been, what should have been, and we're going to answer a slew of amazing questions by you guys, uh, my patrons, and my subscribers. Thank you so much again for joining us. Robbo, you're an absolute gem. Please go over and get some coaching from Robbo if you do enjoy his dulcet tones. He's a pretty calm, chill dude. I definitely think he's got a great mind and brain for the game. How would you, If you were to give somebody a spiel about, you know, try and sell yourself, why should people get coaching with you above anybody else? And feel free
0: to throw some shade on the other coaches in the in the meantime one big bonus i'm in the uk so i'm not in the american time zone which helps and it's really interesting because a lot of the guys in the house fantastic job and Brad over there and anti scary etc it's very centralized meta at times which is very interesting kind of looking at what's doing well in the states what what's are doing well in the states what we've got over in the uk because there's tons of like UKTC train terrain over here which is a very, very different from GW style, which is played a lot in the States as well. Um, I will happily, as you know very well, very sit and talk 40k with anyone for yeah. hours. Um, I actually, one of my coaching clients just got me a book, uh, which is mm-hmm. fantastic of him. He sent me a copy of Art of War, the actual little book. The Sun, the Sun Tzu. Yeah. Um, ah. it, in one of the pieces, it he bookmarked it and it's like, Okay, terrain is exploitable. Defense, da da da, and he just handwritten next to it: terrain is breachable. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
1: yeah, keywords yeah, great,
0: so. matter. Keywords
1: <laughs> uh, we should we I sh- we should petition the Art of warhouse House to write the uh, the forty k Sunzu to be like keywords under uh, terrain. Keywords matter. Find out your keywords. That that'd be a fun project. As long as it's tongue-in-cheek. But anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. Please come over and join us on part two. Uh, Look forward to some more beautiful Robbo over there. And thank you very much for joining us, guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. Stay tuned. Lots more retrospective. Lots more State of the Metas. uh, Lots more faction focuses and all that other good stuff coming from Art of War Down Under. Really looking forward to that guidebook as well. And yeah, thank you all for the great support. Thank you again, Robbo, for coming on. We'll see you
0: soon. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye.